from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. It is a free call, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. The phone number, 888-825-5225. Stephen starts this hour in New York. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. How can we help? So pretty much I uh, am coming into a large inheritance, and I want to know more sense of guidance and strategy on this particular subject because I want to maximize this amount of money. You know, I'm very familiar with the philosophy you guys have and I agree with a lot of it. It just seems like I want to be able to turn this into generational wealth and uh, sustainability for my family. So I was just trying to get your opinion on that. Um, How much did you, are you getting as an inheritance? uh, It seems to be upward of 700,000 around there. Wow. Who passed? Uh, it's going to be my wife's grandfather. Mm, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, um, uh, so uh, how old are you? I'm 32. You're 30? 32, yeah. 32, 32, okay. What's your net worth? Uh, roughly, I would say around 300000 Okay. So safe to say you haven't managed a, a large sum of money in your lifetime. No, nothing of this magnitude. I've, uh, you know, pretty much achieved everything on my own, Mm -hmm. but something like this, I want to be able to scale and, you know, take my life to a different, uh, a different level, I suppose. Yeah. Great, great question. And it's, um, uh, good that you're feeling the weight of the responsibility of this rather than, uh, I hit the lotto. Uh, (laughs) right after people say stuff like that's when they do stupid butt stuff. And so, um, you know, if you'll feel the weight of this, and the, here's what I want you to feel. I want you to feel the weight enough to manage it and do and be very careful with it, but I don't want you to feel the weight to feel the pressure to dive into something you know nothing about. That's the other thing. I agree with that. So if you feel like, oh, i got to do something with this, I'm going to put it all in crypto, you know, then we would call you stupid and we'd look up stupid in the dictionary. There'd be your face. Right. And so we don't want to do that. Right. So that that's not the point. So the idea being here that what wealthy people do is over time, they build relationships with people they can trust in different areas. I call them my board of directors, although they're not a board of directors. Okay. So you want an independent insurance agent that has the heart. Okay. All of these need to have the heart of a teacher. Okay. Okay. You, you need yeah. a tax accountant, maybe a tax okay. attorney. You need a real estate agent. Okay. You need a, a an investment broker. Smart Vester Pro would be a good one. Real estate agent and ELP would be a good one. Okay. Okay. Uh, you don't yep. need them because you're necessarily going to invest today or you're going to buy real estate today or you're going to go buy insurance today. You're putting people in your corner that have expertise in money areas that you don't have to advise you and teach you. 
So they're, they're the guys you call. So like when I die, cause it's predetermined that I'm going to die first, Sharon is going to call the broker that is our smart Vester pro. Okay. And we have a long, yeah. we have a 20 year personal relationship with him and his wife. Sharon trusts him and that's part of our board of directors. Okay. Jeff Zander at Zander insurance handles all of my personal insurance and my business insurance. So any insurance questions, Sharon will be on the phone to Jeff and, and I'm on the phone to him. If I've got a question, you follow me. So we're put a board of directors in your corner. That's helpful. Number one, number two is don't invest in anything. You can't tell me how it works and don't invest in something because you're excited. If your pulse, if your pulse rates up, you're getting conned. It should be boring. No, it, it, I'm trying to, you know, I, I do invest in myself, nothing to this magnitude, and I'm trying to break into um, real estate investing and things like that. It's more a sense of I have a lot of options, and I'm trying to figure out which is the path that's going to be. Yeah, you know, obviously, you can't slow the is the path. Slow. Well, well you see, Dave, the, 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 the inheritance is already in equities. Now, I was trying to, I could easily leave it there, put my feet up and say, hey, that's it. I'm just going to let it grow. I could roll, I could roll it over to mutual funds and not think about it again, and you'd be just fine. Exactly, but I want to be able to take this. Like, Dave, this is the difference. Like, if somebody gave you this money, you'd be able to flip that into, you know, double it, triple it, because you're very well-versed no, in how I, to manage I, no, money. No, I, I would double it or triple it over 7 to 10 years. I wouldn't double it or triple it over 20 minutes. No, not twenty minutes. Not twenty minutes. Not even one. Not even one year. Time. Not even one year. But no, ten Slow years time. Down. Just something that's. <laughs> no, it's not about being impatient. It's just about being uh, optimal. I don't. I, I could easily leave it, but I would like to maybe use it for you know possibly real estate. Um, I think I'd that like would... to buy my own, my own real estate first on my own. Yeah. Do you have? Like do you have? Uh, any, do, do you have any debt? I have my home and a few student loans. What do you owe on your student loans? Uh, 25K. What do you owe on your, on your home? Um, I owe about 438, but it's worth about 700 now. So I got Phenomenal. some equity in that. Phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. That part where you said you do almost everything we teach, um, is now kind of come out because now I'm going to tell you to take your 700 and I'm going to pay off your house and I'll pay off your student loans. And I'm going to put the rest of it into some mutual funds for a year, maybe two. And then I'm going to think about real estate as that has grown only then. But, Stephen, it's all over you. I can smell it. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. You're, you're hell-bent on getting on, on turning this money into something and proving something. Please don't try to prove something with this money. Honor her grandfather's memory. He would not have done the things you're getting ready to do. Don't do them. And Stephen, I don't know if you've talked to your wife about any of this. I'm worried that she's going, well, Stephen said he's got a plan. You need to be on the same page with what you're going to do and be in full alignment, and you both need to understand this. And uh, you asked for about generational wealth. The best way to create generational wealth is start with you, and you stop being broke, and you have no debt. Then we can start to build something for the future. If you just put a million dollars away at 30, 300 that you've got, 700 there, and you put it in mutual funds and in real estate, and it averages 10%, every seven years it will double. When you're 37, you'll have two million. When you're 44, you'll have four million. When you're 51, you'll have eight million. When you're 59, calm down! You're gonna have 16 million. 
okay, if you don't screw this up and go follow some nothing down real estate bullcrap on Tic Tac. This is The Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining an amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Well, I love tax season, said nobody ever. Uh, questions about taxes, though, they're coming in, and we'll help you with those. Uh, here's a question from one of our listeners. Dave, we normally have someone do our taxes, but our accountant retired. I think we have a simple return. Should we try to file ourselves with Ramsey Smart Tax? Well, you can use the Ramsey Smart Tax software. It's very easy to use. The more complicated your return, uh, the more likely you would want to use a professional. I personally use a professional, but mine's the size of a freaking phone book when I get it done. So, uh, you know, that's different, obviously. Uh, We recommend working with a tax pro if you've had a major life change, like you retired, got an inheritance, adopted a child. If you own a business and file long form on that, probably a pro. Uh, You're not confident. You're confident, though. Uh, or you want to save time and stress. These are reasons that you'd want to do this. But if you get if you get into it and it's just like, ah, God, I hate this. Okay, there you go. That tells you right there, right? So I hate it anyway. I hate just signing the thing, much less preparing it. So that's the whole thing. Um, I see it like buying back your time and mental sanity when you work with a pro. Now, yeah. people have simple situations. If They've got, got a W-2. A, if you got a 1040 easy, you know, do a Ramsey Smart Tax. You can do that as fast as you can do a 1040 easy. Don't pay somebody 300 bucks to do that. I mean, it's just filling When you out. can pay 20 bucks but, on your but own. But I haven't had one of those in my life, so I've always been self Nothing about Dave's life is easy, oh, tell well, you that much. That, well, I don't have an easy button anyway, but yeah. No, I mean, I've always been self-employed or had some kind of weird income or something going on where I didn't trust my own level of tax knowledge to do it. Uh, so either way... If you want a pro or you want to use the Ramsey Smart Tax software, just go to RamseySolutions.com slash tax. Our question today comes from our brand new sponsor, Neighborly. We are so thrilled these guys are on board with us. Uh, it's brought to you by them. They're your hub for home services, stuff like Mr. Rooter, Mr. Electric. You'll see those at Neighborly. So if you need to make repairs or schedule routine maintenance or uh, find local help for home improvement projects, Neighborly is your source for reliable home service providers in your area. Go to neighborly.com and start your search. Today's question comes from Claudia in Mississippi. She's asking, under what scenario do you have to pay capital gains tax on real estate? Here's my situation. My grandfather quit claim deeded his house to me. The house is completely paid off. He paid 24000 for it in 2013, and it's now evaluated at 190000 I'm wanting to sell in hopes to buy a new property. I've lived with him since 2020, and I took ownership in 2021. Under this scenario, would I be liable for capital gains? No. Because it's been your name for more than two years. It's been your personal residence for more than two years. A single person can make a profit of up to a capital gain of up to $250,000. So that'd be 274000 in your case because his basis was 24000 uh, A profit of 250000 with zero income tax on your personal residence. 
However, this was stupid. You almost stepped in it. You accidentally are okay, not because you had a plan. If the numbers were different, the house value was much higher, this could have been a different scenario. So never deed property to someone prior to your death like Grandpa did. Here's why. Let's pretend that she didn't accidentally uh, fall under this personal residence exemption for $250,000, which saved her bacon, okay? So let's say that she didn't live in the property. That would do away with the personal residence bit. Get it? Okay. So now it's uh, Grandpa lives there, but Grandpa wants to make sure Granddaughter gets it, and he doesn't want to deal with wills and stuff because he he knows how those lawyers are, right? And so he, uh, you know, this is the kind of crap people do, okay? So then he deeds the property to her with a quit claim deed, which is a usually a one page thing and costs six to ten dollars to register at the courthouse. It's very easy to do this stupid move. Now here's what happens when you give someone property or a capital asset stock if i give george money if i give him a share of home depot stock if i give him a piece of real estate his basis when he gets ready to resell it is based on what i paid for it and so in this case grandpa paid twenty four thousand dollars for it so her basis is twenty four thousand dollars if she had not lived in the house for two years it would be called investment property 100 percent of everything over twenty four thousand dollars would be taxable major mistake hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of taxable income created here instead had he deeded it to her in his will at his death it went to her you get what's called a stepped up basis her basis becomes the value at the time of his death apparently he's still alive but at the time of his death let's say he passed in this situation her basis would not be twenty four thousand it'd be one hundred ninety thousand she turns around sells it for one hundred ninety thousand zero capital gains so the fact that Duber deeds this thing before his death, Grandpa, Dad Gumya, sweet but dumb, okay, could have cost her taxes on $150,000 or more here. It didn't because she happened to live in the property for two years. But so don't give people stuff. Uh, let them experience, let, let market value at the time of their death be their new basis. It's a lot higher than what you paid for it and control the ownership vehicle, not by an early deed, but with either a trust or a will or both. When does it make sense to use a quick claim deed? What scenarios? Uh, divorces. Uh, even then though, you can get into trouble. Uh, cause most divorce attorneys make a huge legal error. Ooh, I'm calling you boys and girls out. Uh, cause here's the thing. Husband, and wife get divorced. There's a $260,000 mortgage. Husband doesn't get to keep the house. Wife's going to get the house cause the kids are living in the house and divorce attorneys say, well, just part of the settlement is you're going to quit claim your half of ownership to her. And so he fills out a one page quit claim as part of the divorce decree. Boom. There we go. But guess what? Husband still has a $260,000 mortgage. That's messy. In his name. On a house he's not a part of. Five years later, he gets remarried and wants to have a life and buy a house. Can't do it. Still got a $260,000 mortgage in his ex-wife's name. Doesn't own the property, but still got the mortgage. Dumb. You're getting a divorce and doing a quit claim deed? Force a refinance or force the sale of the house. One of the two. Either the wife the ex soon to be ex or whoever's going to get the house refinances and gets the other person's name off the mortgage or we sell the house 
and get the name off the mortgage because you're going to get stuck. And divorce attorneys do this all the time because it's easy. It's easy, but it's wrong. Okay, same thing here. This is for a different reason, though. This is a when would you use a quit claim deed? Uh, I just moved property from one LLC to another the other day. I used a quit claim deed to do that. To switch the ownership. Yeah, it's just I already and I own both LLCs, so it's not it's a non-issue, right? Um, when else would you use a quit claim deed? See, a quit claim deed means you. Here, here's real estate theory for you. You do not a warranty deed is what usually transfers in most states a house, a piece of property. And that means if I'm transferring property to you, George, I am giving you a warranty on the title that the, that I have the title. I am the owner of the title and I am willing to warranty that and transfer that to you. Then if I didn't have if I didn't own the property and I did that, then you would have recourse back on me. Mm. Okay? But I could give you a quit claim deed to someone else's property because all it says is I quit claiming whatever ownership I have. And if I have no ownership, I quit claiming it. Wow. And I gave it gave you nothing when I quit claiming it. So I could give I could give you a quit claim deed to James's house. I'm in. And it would te- it wouldn't do you any good because <laughs> I am going to I'm going to quit claiming all of my ownership which is nothing. Wow. So if you don't have pure ownership and you quit claim deed something, it's of no value and uh, you can really get into all kinds of crap there. So sometimes you'll use it to do some title cleanup if there's something more nuanced than all of that. But um, I've only ever heard it mostly in the context of divorces. Divorce and estates. Grandpa doing a dumb thing like this or uh, estate planning attorneys doing a dumb thing without forcing a refinance. I mean, divorce attorneys not forcing a refinance and then you get stung and you're stuck with a mortgage on a house you don't own anymore with a Oof. woman you don't aren't married to anymore. There's something about this sounds miserable to me. This is The Ramsey Show. You've been gazelle intense. You've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed. And now you're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 45% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions, which, by the way, if you're coming through Nashville, you got to stop by. It's free cookies, free coffee, and lots of nice folk hanging around watching George and I do the show through the glass. It's kind of like watching ugly paint dry. But I can't think about it too it. long. It's definitely weird, yeah. but we we're, love it. We're doing it every day anyway, so you ought to come by and see us. And uh, it's also where we have the debt-free stage, which is where Jeff and Becky are standing. Hey, guys, how are you? Great. How are you? Great. Welcome, welcome. Where do y'all live? Parker, Colorado. All right. Well, that's uh, Denver, right? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to Nashville. And how much debt have you guys paid off? We paid off $162,000. Yee-hee! How long did this take? 
about 33 months. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? The range of income was 135 to 175,000. Cool. What do you guys do for a living? I'm in software sales. I'm a teacher's assistant in a special needs classroom. Uh, very good. Excellent, you guys. What kind of debt was your 162,000? Well, you're looking at weird people, Dave. We paid off our house. Yay! Woo-hoo! Officially weird. Love it. What's this house worth? Just looked and it's worth about 660,000. Awesome. <laughs> and how much in your retirement accounts? We are right around 750,000. So we're looking at Baby Steps millionaires. Way to go, guys. Very proud of you. Paid off your house and hit Baby Step 7 and hit Baby Step millionaire status all in the fell swoop. So what started I mean you come along you're doing good. And 33 months ago you go we're going to do even better. We're going to pay off the house. Tell us the story. How'd you get started on this Ramsey stuff? Well, it started a little bit further back than that, maybe five years ago. I was talking with my brother, and our idea of what I needed to retire for hitting a, a number was vastly different than his. And he had about a goal of double of mine, so I started thinking about what we can do. And shortly after that, I got your book, Total Money Makeover, and read it and started to attempt to try and do a budget. And honestly, we kind of failed miserably for a little while. Um, so I took it to Becky and we kind of gave up for a while but then we had our um like finally we had a moment where we were in kind of a deep financial trouble we We had uh taken out a heloc to um redo our kitchen but then ended up not using it but we used basically were completely cashless we had no money and all three of our cars needed tires at the same time so we needed to get out of our financial hole and had our never moment at that time never again yep yep so uh becky he comes down and goes uh we can't even get tires and you said what (laughs) it was you know we were tired of never having money we were fighting about it all the time and so it was just kind of time to do something else and change that and um I guess the rest as they say is history so you drug the total money makeover book back off the shelf or what yeah. how did this work yeah we both read it again together and um started working on it and did the budget again and started figuring things out together and it was life-changing marriage changing it was awesome yeah first two or three months are rocky and then yes. it starts smoothing out yeah smoothing out smoothing out by the time you get here you go why didn't we do this 20 years ago yes yeah, you need to give each other a little grace because mm-hmm. it is challenging. And I found a lot of uh, encouragement from listening to the podcast every day. So you guys gave us a lot of hope. Wow. Yep. And this started as some brotherly competition. You went, oh, <laughs> he's not going to beat me. I got to step it up. Yeah, he put a vision out there that was very um, daunting but encouraging. Mm, that's amazing. So paying off the house is a big, it's, it's controversial in today's world because people are going, why wouldn't you tap into the equity? And you guys, you know, you did the HELOC, you didn't use it. But what, what would you say to those people who go, why are you paying off your house? That doesn't make any sense. We just always wanted to be debt free. My dad brought me up to not believe in much debt, but we'd had a mortgage for about 18 years and we'd made almost no progress on it. We'd moved twice. We'd sold our house for what we'd bought it for. And then we had a, another house that we'd been paying on for eight years, and we really had not seen it go down very much. So we just attacked it and said, this is it. We're going to do it. Yep. Wow. Way to go, guys. So proud of you guys. Very, very cool. Excellent work. How's it feel to not have a payment in the world and be millionaires? Amazing. 
it's just amazing. It's kind of hard to put it into words, I think. Yeah. What do you tell people when they say, what's the key to getting your home paid off? I would say there's two things. Um, you have to do whatever it takes. So, What was the wildest thing you did under the whatever it takes heading? <laughs> I'm in software sales making a pretty good salary, and I drove Uber for a year. She went back into the workforce after not working for 15 years to oh, wow. 15 years to raise the kids. And we even had our oldest son get a job. So everybody was trying to do something to help the Everyone's the got skin in the game. Yeah. Yep. Way to go, guys. Way to go. And then the other thing I was thinking about that we talked about too was the second part is um, you have to believe in yourself, but you have to partner with the Lord. And so believing in yourself gives you hope, but then praying and pondering with, with, with the Lord really brings his power into it. Yeah. And there was months that we should have never been able to make a payment that we were typically making and something would happen and then we would have the money and it was just always there. Yeah, you hit it hard. I mean, 33 months, 162,000. You were popping that thing. Yeah. You weren't we were playing. You, you guys weren't playing. Yeah, there were some frustrating moments every time I wanted to do something on the house or in the yard or whatever. Jeff would say, not until the house is paid off. And I was like, okay, I know. That is what we said. <laughs> yeah. So did the said. kitchen yeah. ever get remodeled? That's it the did. question. Yeah. And you just cash flowed that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So what's go. the uh, what's the next big thing you do? We're paid off house millionaires. What do we do? We're going to go to Belize. There you go. In, uh, there you go. So. Have you ever been before? No. It's incredible. Yeah, You'll we're looking love forward it. to it. You'll love it. I, I don't know how I don't know how God made water that blue. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You're going <laughs> to love it. That's so cool. Do you dive? Are you divers? No, oh, snorkel, go get, go, but... Go get certified before you go. We'd it's love one, to. It's one of the best dive spots in the world. Way to go, you guys. Very cool. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. Very fun, you guys. We're proud of y'all. Well Thank done. You. Well done. You're why we do this. Very cool. We got the uh, Live and Give bundle for you. It includes the Total Money Makeover book for you to give away and mess with somebody else's life like your <laughs> brother did with yours. And the Baby Steps Millionaires book, which uh, basically highlights the what you've been doing. And uh, you'll read through it and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> then, you, then you can give that away and encourage somebody. And Financial Peace University, a membership to that. Again, use it or give it away. It's all for you to enjoy. Thank you for making a trip to Nashville. Thank yeah, you. thank you for Good everything you all do to bring encouragement to people's lives. And we wanted to thank our kids for putting up with us for these last three years, for saying no to things, and for allowing us to get this done, um, and all of our friends and family and people at church that have encouraged us along the way. Yeah, you've had some good cheerleaders. And you know what? The kids got a gift out of this because they got to see mom and dad learn something new, yeah. change something late in the game, become new people, transformed, and uh, then th that gives them hope they can do whatever they want to do. You gave them a lot of power by them watching you. Well done. So. Very goal. well done. Love it. Mm. Jeff and Becky, Denver, Colorado, 162000 paid off in 33 months, making 135 to 175 House and everything. Baby steps, millionaires. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're, We're debt-free. More is caught than taught. I've always heard Rachel Cruz say that, and it is so true. Most people make bad decisions because they saw their parents make bad decisions. But this family right here, they're going to start doing things differently. Those kids saw their parents hustle and pay off debt. For three years. I mean, mom went back to work. Dad's driving Uber. They, 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 the old man, old lady did what it took. That's what the kids remember, right? 
They did what it took to win. I love it. They're not that old, but still. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that's, the, that's the way the kids think about it, right? Sure. So, but a lot of people do think, well, Dave, I should have done this in my 20s. It's too late for me now. I'm 40. I'm 50. I'm 60. It's not too late. You, you, you really can't fix what's behind you. All you can fix what's in front of you. So today's your day. And Ready? 33 months later, you could be dead free. Ready, set, go. Ready, set. Yeah, it's your turn. Ready, set. You, I'm talking to you. Go! go. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Hey, if you're a new listener, and we know there's a whole bunch of you that are new viewers and listeners on YouTube, TBN, podcasts, uh, all our numbers are up this year. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. But that also means some of you are trying to catch up on this uh, Ramsey speak, the code. The lingo. Uh, what's all this baby step stuff, George? What's all Ray this uh, debt snowball stuff, Dave? Hey, if you want to kind of get grafted in and learn this stuff, we'll help you. Just go to RamseySolutions.com, click on Get Started. It's completely free. We'll help you figure out where you are in your financial journey and tell you what we think your next steps would be, and you'll start to learn the lingo. You'll start to figure out why it is we tell people to do all this stuff. So that's the plan. RamseySolutions.com, click Get Started. It's completely free. Amanda's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the Ramsey Show. What's up? Hi, Dave. I uh, lead a class of 20 homeschoolers who are taking your high school personal finance class. Yay! Thank you! Yes, 20 of them. And recently we learned that CDs are not wise investments. So today in class, I propose to them a uh, 5% CD for six months. And as a class, we wanted to know what your recommendation would be uh, to make that investment. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we learned that CDs are not wise investments. They aren't, right. And so you propose to them a CD. So, well, that's what there's a And you want to know if I think they're wise investments. That was a conversation we had on the table. Should that 5%, which is a high yield, Mm-hmm. For six months. Mm-hmm. It's 5% annual yield, not six-month yield. But, yeah, it's not 10% a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, right, And the, the inflation rate's running 9.6 right now, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd be going backward, right, in purchasing power. That's Good why point. we call them certificates of depreciation. Good point. So there, the CDs, yeah. CDs might be okay to park some money for a short-term thing. A short-term thing, by definition, is not an investment. Uh, and so I wouldn't use it for an emergency fund. But let's say that I was saving money for a car or a house down payment or for a cruise or something I'm going to take in the fall. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to park mm-hmm. my money somewhere other than in a savings account. I could put my $10,000 in at 5% and let it sit till September. Mm-hmm. And that'd be okay. But here's mm-hmm. the here's the trick, Amanda. It still didn't mm-hmm. do anything. 5% of $10,000 is $500. Half of that in six months is $250. So you made $250. Whoop-dee-doop-dee. In the scale of we're your life, fifty thousand. We're doing. We were talking fifty thousand dollars. Why would you put fifty thousand dollars aside for six months? 
that's what we were talking about in class. What are you going to do with it after six months? It was just an opportunity to make a few thousand dollars in six months when savings accounts were 4%. I wouldn't have $50,000 in a savings account, though. Unless you had other diversified investments. I wouldn't have $50,000 in a savings account. Past my other than my emergency fund, unless I was saving to purchase something. You see what I'm saying? Uh, there's no point in it. Why, yes. why, I want the money working harder than that. If it's a long-term play, if it's a short-term sure. play, it's not really. It's it's not. It doesn't change your life. It's in just the negligible term. at that point. So there's it's short-term too, savings and long-term investing. If you have fifty thousand dollars, twelve hundred and fifty dollars doesn't change your life much. Right. So if you have real estate investments in place and you have portfolios established and you had an extra 50,000 I would put it in those for, put it in the mutual funds I'd put it in the in the real estate or mutual funds that's what I do every day what if your real estate investments are paid off I would buy more real estate you would, I'm sorry say it again. all of my real, real estate investments are paid off I would buy more real estate so are mine so are mine okay then buy some more but I wouldn't put $50,000 at a poor investment just because I had some other investments that were good investments. Good. That's what we wanted to know. Okay. I'm so confused by well, this call. And the other problem here is if you needed that money, let's say there was a great real estate opportunity, you had the cash for it, and it's tied up in the CD. I, well, think, gonna, I, just, I think I was on her some. homeschool test, and I think I just flunked. <laughs> was it? You're not passing. I think, I think I didn't answer well, the multiple choice. As the right. kids say, you're not passing the vibe check. That's what they say now when they disagree with you. They oh. don't like your attitude and your tone. They oh. say you're not passing the vibe They're, check. Yeah. If if we don't like what you're saying, then we automatically don't like your tone. That's how that works. Okay. Yes. Now, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. Well, here's doing the there. other problem. With what was C- I doing? With the uh, CDs? No, what was I doing in that conversation? I have no I idea. Know. I felt like I was chasing my tail. I had a good time. I was entertained. <laughs> if, that's, if that's any consolation. That's why we're here, George. But the thing with CDs is, you know, my, my high-yield savings account, which is completely liquid, I'm getting four and a quarter now. And so to say, hey, would you want to lock this up for the next six months or a year to make a little bit more and have some penalties on the interest if you take it out early? And what if the interest rates continue to go up? Well, you're locked in at that with that CD at that rate. It's okay if you want to make 5% on some money that you're going to need six months from now. If you're going to lock it up at 5% and call that a long-term investment, that's dumb. To say investing in CDs is Long-term investments have to outpace two things before you make what's called a real rate of return. A real rate of return is adjusted after taxes and inflation. Okay, if inflation's running 96 you have to make north of that. And inflation, by the way, is averaged over the last 75 years about 4.7. Okay. So lately has been high inflation. We all know that. Uh, before that, it was a little bit lower, but the average is around 4 or 5%. Okay. And if you figure you're going to pay taxes on it, another couple of points, another 2% or so, you've got to make north of 6% on your money, 7% on your money to break even with taxes and inflation on a long-term investment. So you've got to be in something like mutual funds where you're 10 to 11% good real estate that's going to cash flow and give you an internal rate of return probably north of 15%, somewhere in there. But uh, you've got to be in your long-term investments north of 5 or 6% or you don't even break even with inflation and taxes. Now, short-term investments, you're not really investing. You're saving. There's no such thing as short-term investment. There's savings, and there's investing. Investing, by definition, has some length to it. 
And so would I tell you to park money into a CD in any circumstances for 10 years at 5% and lose money after inflation and taxes? No, I would not. That's, you know, so yeah. the only but, time I've heard you say put in a CD is when people get a big pile of money and they need patience and time and you go just you know, someone, in a CD. someone passes away and your husband died and you got left $400,000 sit on it in a CD for six months a year and cry and get your head cleared before you start making good decisions. So before you start making decisions in the middle of grief or something like that, uh, just give yourself time for the, the brain webs to clear and that kind of stuff. But again, that's not a long-term strategy. That's a parking place for a short term. If I'm going to buy something with a 50000 in the fall, it's a parking place. 5% is fine. But even then, you need to realize the difference in 5 and 1 is 1250 and what, 50 bucks or 500 bucks? 50 bucks. Okay. Uh, is that on the 50 yeah, grand? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So it it's doesn't change your life. You know, it's like I got in all kinds of trouble when with the last Biden bucks thing. Biden came out and gave everybody thirteen hundred bucks or whatever it was, and I said, "If thirteen hundred bucks changes your life, you don't have much of a life." Well, you're just snotty and you're a snob and you're just a rich guy. Thirteen hundred dollars is a lot of money. You shouldn't say stuff like that. The little people get mad at you. Listen, you're gonna keep being little people if thirteen hundred dollars changes your dadgum life. You need to have a better life than that. Where $1,300 does it. If $1,300 fixes your life, you were really screwed, okay, before. So that's the thing. I'm not, I'm, it's okay. $1,250 is good. Send it to me. I'll do something nice with it. But please don't think that fixes anything. It doesn't. It's not life changing money. It's not life changing money. So, and when you run these things out nominally, meaning do the actual math and the actual dollars, it's a bit of a joke, usually. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.